from the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Boy Nickelbacker Ab, and I got you here. And um, it's a tough break, folks. Uh, the New York Knicks, um, the winning streak is over. The Knicks fall hard to the Toronto Raptors uh, following Pascal Siakam's um, epic career night 52 points. Um, and, you know, just a lot of costly turnovers um, at tonight's game. The Knicks. Um, they fought hard. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not, I'm not one to believe in moral victories. I like Steve. I, I, I like, but um, you know, they fought hard. You know, they just roll over and die. But a lot of too costly mistakes, um, some poor execution on the offense, and you know, you got to give it up to Toronto. I mean, they, you know, they they did come in with a six game losing streak, but they went in a lot of those games, especially you know against Brooklyn, against Philadelphia, uh, and so forth. So you know. They were due, but um, I mean, I'm calling it now. Hashtag Knicks inflate, like back in the day. Siakam, 52 points. I don't think anybody, uh, you know, really thought that of him. Highest scoring game by a visitor, you know, in almost three years. Last time it was um, James Harden with 61 back in 2019, I think it was. But, um, hey, um, 929-477-4171 is the number to call in. Podcast, podcast to public tune in your Stitcher apps, Apple Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening from. Thank you very much for joining us. Steve, you can talk now. Nickelbacker Avenue, the host of the Nickelbacker Avenue fan forum. Man, you can take this all the way through the winter, man, as far as I'm concerned, man. Might as well just lead it through the winter, man, 2023. Uh, just leading the, the pre or post, you know, the regular season or post games or whatever. Yes, man. Um, you said everything on the money, man. Uh, Nick, I thought about that too. Nick's inflate tonight for Pascal Siakam, although he does have some Batman in him. He has some Batman. He's probably like, uh, I would say, seventy percent Robin, thirty percent Batman. If I was to look up, uh, uh, the you know, Pascal but he's a Siakam. Nightwing. So he's like a Nightwing. It's not. He, so he's like a Nightwing. He's like he, he could be a Robin. He, he could take over and be his own thing. But he's, he's more of a Nightwing. He's not a Batman. But he, I, he, I get what you're saying. A, yeah, yeah. He's a great Robin, a, a decent Batman. But he can't do it every night. But the guy is an All Star. He, he was an All Star after Kawhi Leonard. I was not surprised by the performance. Av knowing that Toronto came into this game with a with a six game losing streak. They were. This is the thing about this division. Av it's, it, it's just very competitive. It's the best division in basketball, and they're the ones yeah, that end up at the Knicks in Philadelphia and Brooklyn, who's all chasing Boston. I mean, I mean, there's no really no nights off in this division, and and you know, Pascal has this in them in like games like this where they're reeling, and they needed. I mean, because they see the Knicks winning eight in a row. And they were losing six in a row. I, I don't even understand how they're losing six in a row because they're not that bad. And I know I understand Nick fans thought they were an easy win, but we can talk about it because of uh, 
uh, you know, Brian's was out tonight with the ankle, and then you saw a shift in rotation. And then what are your thoughts? You know, you know, you know, whatever you want to ask, uh, it's just me and you thus far. And whoever comes in, we'll, we'll talk. But um, well, obviously, well, well, obviously, I think the I think the game took a really bad turn once you saw Robinson not come back. Um, I noticed that you, you know the Toronto was getting a lot of offensive rebounds. Um, they, they were basically getting – they were crowding the paint, uh, you know, religiously on defense. So that way the Knicks had to basically resort to a lot of contested threes. I mean, they played very good defense. They're not a, they're not a great defensive team. I think they ranked 29th. But tonight they played it. And, and the one thing that they're very good at, creating turnovers and then paying, making the opponents pay for those turnovers. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to get the number now, but it has to be somewhere close to 30 points off, off of um, 18 turnovers. And when you got a team that, you know, that athletic, that long, that lengthy, and that can run the floor, I mean, considering, yes, the Knicks played last night, you know, and, and, and pretty, pretty much, you know, mopped the floor with the Warriors, and, you know, Toronto being on the road, you would figure that the Knicks would still be able to take care of business. But, hey, fresh legs, long legs. Uh, and you know we're not going to make excuses. You know, it's the same way as when we when we beat a team where they have guys missing. Hey, we got guys missing. So you know we didn't have Grimes. We didn't. You know we lost Robinson somewhere down somewhere in the first half or second half. And you know they capitalized. And you know big ups to them. Got to give them the respect. But uh, come on, fifty two points. Who called that one? Uh. I mean, I mean, I'm not surprised that he got. Okay, I'm a little surprised, but I'm not shocked that he got 52. That's the best way I could word it. He has some of these big games in him as far as Pascal Siakam. He he can do this every occasion. Like he's that. He had, when he really puts his game to it, he can do that. Um, now right. when, when we played the Blazers, when, he, when we played the Blazers, I don't know, three weeks ago, and, and Jeremy Grant went for 46 or some shit. Now that's crazy. Now I come on. Jeremy Grant is nowhere near the level, skill wise. I mean, he's a nice player, but he's no—he's not Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam, like he drops a lot of thirty-point games, and he could do it with ease. Um, um, you know that he—he he had a cooking tonight. Like it's, it's something about coming to that particular building. Have you already know that opposing teams get up for it? It just—that's just the way it is. You know, it's like they put. His name on the marquee, Pascal Siakam invades Madison Square Garden, and they, and a lot of these guys who are All Star level players, they have that in them. Like they'll come to the, to that particular arena because it's, it's the most, for especially for uh, opposing teams, it, it is the most uh, exciting. Like they get up for that type of game because it's like it's Broadway basically. It's Broadway basketball is Broadway still. It's a show, and they want to put on the show. It's still, and, it's still and he did it's still the Mecca. It's still Madison Square Garden. It's the world's most famous arena. It's the New York Knicks. And even if it's not a nationally televised game, it's it's nationally covered. It's still, you know, you got mo- most of the newspapers all, you know, all in attendance. You got all these magazines and, you know, it, the crowd is electric. Um, big ups to the crowd. You know, they had a lot of energy. They were really um, urging the, um, the team on. Um, but, um, I mean, you hit it on the head. I mean, how many how many countless times have we seen, you know, guys come into Madison Square Garden knowing that, you know, they're not expected to have, like, the, the, the biggest performing game, but for some reason they get that twinkle in their eye. They get that, you know, the special jitter. You, you know, they get a little extra shot in their coffee or something that day. 
and they come into the gym and and they just light it up and pretty much stun the crowd um, and, and do everything they can to get them out of it. But I mean, let, let's be realistic. I'm not making excuses, but the shirts had a lot to do with it tonight. I mean, there were a lot of times where I'm I'm, I'm looking. Julius Randle is, is driving the lane. He's not getting any kind of calls. R.J. Barrett, same thing. Um, and, and then there were, you know, these questionable calls, and, um, these loose ball fouls. Like, you know, Brunson was getting attacked. Brunson was getting beaten um, in terms of physicality, in terms of, um, you, you know, he was being headhunted. And, and, you know, Toronto had a very good game plan of giving him different looks you know, and, 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 different, um, and different matchups to play with. You know, he did okay. You know, he still rose to the occasion like the all-star that, he, you know, that I believe that he is. But, you know, they just, had, you know, they just had a game plan for him. And, you know, you know, it was one of these times where, you know, you really hope that um, that R.J. shooting, you know, would kick in. Even though he has a 30-point night, you know, kudos to him. But, you know, we could have used this shooting. We could have used a little bit more from Quickly, a little bit more from from, from McBride, and, 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 you know, and we had a Derrick Rose sighting. That's crazy to me. Um, it rhymes out. We had a Derrick Rose sighting. I'm surprised they didn't even um, they didn't even fathom the idea of bringing either Reddish or Fournier off the bench, but that's neither here nor there. No, no, no. I think that was the right decision. Uh, why he? Uh, it made sense to me that Thibodeau would go to Rose. Uh, on a night where, you know, where Grimes is out and somebody needs to come in and that back into that rotation. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, he that's the guy well, he trusts the most. He trusts, he trusts Derrick Rose more than Cam Reddish and also Evan Fournier. So, you know, Derrick Rose is a playmaker. He's, and, and he's helped uh, create those, you know, that wide open, a couple of wide open threes for McBride tonight and, uh, and quickly. So, and he, I think he had like one floater in there as well. You know, Derrick Rose is a veteran, uh, as we already know. I mean, he, this is a guy, he's a former MVP. He's a very smart basketball player. It's just that his athleticism, what we knew of him when he went to Memphis. Shit, go back to Chicago, Simeon High School, and then Memphis, and then now, you know, you know his years, his early years with the Bulls, you know, he's just, you know, it's father time, you know. Just, he, but he's smart enough to get he's, – he's a very viable backup point guard. It made, it made the, the rotation made sense tonight. It's just that, like you said, I think this is where the Knicks lost the game. It was a couple of things. Number one, there was a sequence late in the game, like about under three minutes ago, and they couldn't secure that uh, defensive rebound. And like I think Toronto got a couple of offensive rebounds on that sequence. They should have got at least one of them. Uh, number mm-hmm. two, and you mentioned a good R.J. Barrett night, but there was a key play, and this is where Dom um, is actually very accurate about this. Um, as great as a score night that RJ had, RJ is still susceptible going right. And he got um, Ananobi, OG Ananobi, made him go right and block the shot. And that was the key sequence late in the game on that. So, that, I mean, it's just an issue because if RJ is going up against, uh, I would say OG Ananobi is an above average. Uh, I wouldn't call him an elite defender, but he's an above-average uh, defender who actually leads the league in steals. But he's long-armed. Matter of fact, all these guys on Toronto are long, long-armed uh, athletes. Ananobi, Siakam, Scotty Barnes, uh, to, an, to a degree, uh, um, Malachi Flynn, who comes off the bench. Uh, he, he made RJ go right, and RJ's a lefty going right. He's got to come back with the left because he 
he's kind of going towards the side and towards the sideline and good block by Inanobi on a key sequence. That was so that was the two key series I thought the Knicks um let the game slip away. I would have said they lost it. But also here's another key Av, and I and this is where I probably get on the head coach and I wonder if you noticed like Thibodeau burnt a lot of timeouts in that first half. I think two of them unnecessarily. I didn't I didn't understand why. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, you're down six. Why are you calling the time? I this is that that's that Greg Popovich shit. Like he was kinda one of the one who kinda brought that to the forefront, in my opinion, or if I can remember, where if you going on a four nothing run, he's calling a quick timeout. Like, Jesus, you gotta preserve these shits, man. We could have used probably kill some of this momentum in the fourth quarter if you had like one or two in your pocket. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I, I mean, some of them I understood. You know, you're always trying to, you know, to stop the momentum, stop the bleeding, and, 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 and hit the reset button. But then there was there was a couple of timeouts that he called in. Um, you know, I think that um, Ben Blee hit a three, and then immediately he called a timeout. And then, like in the next possession, uh, a, a, a newbie had a, a, a had a pick and roll um, situation, and then he called another timeout. I was like, all right, that like that's kind of like unnecessary. I mean, I understand you're not trying you're trying not to get the game out of hand, um, at, you know, at the very early going. But I mean, come on, I mean, the, the Raptors at one point were leading by 14. The Knicks made the rally, took the lead, ended up leading by four, and then then they lost the momentum completely because of a timeout. And and, and I feel like you know that this that you're you're absolutely right. Thibodeau kind of mismanaged um, you know the the time sequence in there. And this is where, but you see, here's where I I, I kind of question the rotation because you mentioned Toronto's very long, very lengthy guy, bunch of guys. This is where a Cam Reddish would probably suffice a little bit in, in, in creating a matchup problem. This is where maybe uh, an Evan Fournier could could have bought you a couple of uh, you know extra looks at the three point line and kind of got you a couple of shots. I mean, I'm not I'm not questioning his rotations at all. I'm, I'm just like putting putting that out there in the universe. Maybe somebody out there will say, you know what. I've got a point. He's like, when you needed a bucket, you could have gone. You have guys on the bench, you know, that are well capable. Instead of leaving Hardenstein out there so long and basically get eaten up by Thad Young and, and, and Siakam, you know, you know, for major part of minutes, you could have thrown Sims in there a little bit more and used his body and, and get you. And, and I mean, if Sims fouls out, no harm, no foul. At least he's causing physicality and causing ruckus. Um, I didn't. I did not like the fact that you left out um, Hartenstein out there the entire time playing at center, and then, you know, you basically left Randall to go one on one against Siakam just when you know that he's got he's got it going, and he had no help. He, you know, because Robinson went down, he had nobody to help him on on the right side. He had nobody to help him, you know, when he got past him, and it ended up being, you know, just one of those kind of nights. I mean, the Knicks. Turned the ball over way too many times. Seventeen times against yep, a team that yep. you know they, they created it. Seventeen times, twenty-one points off of those turnovers. Um, and, and I mean, fast break points. You, you know, um, the Raptors were a plus five. Offensive glass. You just mentioned it. They were a plus seven on the defensive glass. They were uh, they were a minus seven. So so the Knicks needed you know being uh, you know an elite rebounding team in the league. You know over the last seven eight games, they should have been able to secure the rebound, but with Robinson going out and you left Hartenstein out there to basically, you know, fend for himself, you know, it, it was, I mean, just almost every shot that went up, there was one Nick versus four Raptors 
almost on every shot. How how Julius Randle um, pulled down as many rebounds as he did is beyond me. Yeah, um, great, good, very good point. I can understand why you said about okay when Mitchell went out of the game. I can understand that, and maybe a flash in the pan with substituting with Cam Reddish. That would have been interesting to see how he would have defended Siakam, who's probably what two inches taller than him, but athletically are you know it, it, it could it could cancel out. I'm not saying Cam is like this elite defender, so you, you got to defend him as well. But I can also see why you said Sims. And Sims, Sims competes. I can understand why you would want to go to Sims uh, a little bit more because he's a big body, but they would have had him on the island at the top of the key where Siakam tried to dance on him a couple of times. Um, yeah, yeah, the Knicks had a lot of turnovers. That's a great point, uh, obviously a glaring point, and you are absolutely correct about that. They've kind of beat themselves tonight with the turnovers, uh, unforced turnovers. And um, even that one play uh, late in the game where Randall, who I'm not going to kill him. I like him. You know, I'm pro Randall. Pro Randall. I've probably been the most pro Randall Nick fan since he's been a Nick. Uh, I I can't. But he did um, that costly slippage of the uh, rock when he went up for the layup and just lost control. Like now, I mean, game could have been close. Uh, he got to, he's got to own that, but I'm not here to uh, critique him because you know he's been outstanding, uh, played outstanding. He just sometimes and he kind of went back to a little bit of old ways tonight with this one on one. Not just his fault, but I think Jalen needs to orchestrate this offense or whatever offensive plays they're calling from the sidelines. That the Knicks are more effective when they don't have to do all this dribbling shit. But if you're going to do all this dribbling shit, you got to let Jalen Brunson. Uh, orchestrate your offense. And this is why I saw that uh, Hernan Gomez was defending uh, Brunson a lot early on in tonight because they threw a guy who's, you know, they gave six fouls to him and said, hey, man, you just follow this guy and, and just follow him wherever he goes. Um, eight games in a row, it was a nice streak. A um, couple of cupcakes in there, I'm not going to lie, but they, they earned their wins and they smoked, uh, you know, Golden State last night. No curry, but they handle business. You know, it's kind of a tricky spot. I mean, not to make excuses, but back to back. I know, you know, and I don't want to say it's tough, but Toronto needed this game more than the Knicks. And they did. And Siakam played like that. So, um, you know, just got to, you know, you know, get up, you know, wipe the dust off, and then. Uh, Go on to the next one, create another street. But I would see Ab. The only thing that's bothering me about this a little bit, I kind of wanted to see how this shit would have been if grind, if our regular rotation would have been in there. I mean, that means that no Rose would have played tonight. Not nothing against Rose, but you know this win streak is a win streak for a reason because it's the same guy, same rotation, and it's been clicking. I would love to see Absolutely. how this rotation would have played with Grimes. Unfortunately, with that ankle injury versus Golden State. Well, absolutely. And let's talk about the minutes distribution just for a second. I mean, Julius Randle played 40 minutes. R.J. Barrett played 46. Brunson hit thir- played 39. And, you know, and, and then quickly played 35. I mean, I mean, just a starting rotation right there. You know, if, if you're going to run on 35, 40 minutes, I, I mean, especially coming off a, a back-to-back, even though, you know, you played a lot of garbage minutes, you, you, you know, in the fourth quarter, but still, you, you know, you played guys – Thibodeau has been running guys into the ground, and he's been known to do that from time to time. And tonight was no different. Uh, I mean, I'm surprised that the guys, you know, the Knicks were able to hang in there as long as they did, considering, you know, 
they did play last night. They, you know, the, the starting five played, you know, over 30 minutes for the exception of, of Robinson, who only played 25. And then, you know, from there on out, you, you know, the, the most minutes is this player up on the bench is Hardenstein. He played 23, but he only scored two points. I mean, he was one for five from the field, had seven rebounds, but was pretty much ineffective. Sims played 10 minutes, got four, four rebounds, didn't even shoot the ball once. Rose had only eight minutes. Uh, McBride had 14. Um, I mean, the minutes distribution, you know, throughout the, you know, up and down the roster is something that, you know, that I kind of like question Thibodeau a little bit. And this is why I was mentioning the aforementioned uh, Evan Fournier, Cam Reddish, and, and guys like that, because, you know, we did just play a game last night, even though we blew them out by 30 something points and we were playing garbage minutes, it would have been, it, it would have been in the Knicks best interest to have, you know, played those guys and, you know, get them some quality minutes and then, you know, you, you know, reserve your guys because now you got Chicago coming back up, coming back to the Garden on Friday, and then Sunday we got you know the nationally televised Christmas Day game against the Seventy Sixers who you know who are also you know coming in a little bit hot. So I mean, I'm just questioning you know a lot of Thibodeau's decision making in terms of calling the timeouts, in, co- in terms of the rotation, the minute distribution, you know, all across the board. I mean. Obviously, you can't question him too much because we did win eight games in a row, and he used that formula. But in a game like this, when you know that you were being a little bit out hustled and outplayed a little bit, it, it, it would have been it, it would have made sense to me to have you know to utilize more of your bench instead of just sticking to the nine man rotation, like, you know, like as, like as if it were a religion. I I kind of agree with that, and I kind of disagree with that. Um, let me go back to the game yesterday, and and it was to me without Steph Curry, which would have been a you know the Warriors were terrible on the road anyway, with or without Curry this year they're just terrible, right? But a lot of those guys played close, to, if not around thirty minutes last night, and just to come up and play more minutes tonight, you have a point, but it's almost a it's almost a give and a take because they've found the winning rotation. Uh, with this, you know, you know, you know, with Grimes in there, of course, right? They found the right guys that, to me, it, honestly, Av, and this goes, and I said this like the last two weeks. This shit goes back to the Milwaukee game, even though that rotation wasn't necessarily set. They, they, this game was at a Knicks pace tonight, a Knicks pace they should have won or could have won because they, you know, they lack execution down the stretch. But uh, right. they, they, this is this is what the Knicks need to do, pretty much for the rest of the. Season play at this particular pace. Um, they did a great job last night versus Golden State. They're undermanned without Steph Curry. They did what they did what they needed to do against the defending champs. They, they, they took over in the middle quarter and just buried them. And I am fine with playing them that those type of minutes to make sure you beat the defending champions on national TV. I, I mean, I don't think the, the Knicks brass is looking at it like that as far as, like, how we, like, us fans do. Like, we, we look at it, okay, Knicks don't play a lot of national TV games. That's a national TV game. Let's beat the brakes off the, uh, the defending champions. That's how fans like me and you and most Knicks fans think where I don't think the coaching staff is looking at it like that. But – I, I did think it had to be a message to knowing that, A, we lost to them early in the year when we went to Oakland, not Oakland, San Francisco. And then number two, um, you know, they, they were on the winning streak. And th- this is the, the rotation that's been getting the job done. Now, the, the, why I partially disagree, and I understand why you're saying it, because if it ain't broke, don't, you know, don't fix it. 
Yeah, that's how I say it, right? If it's not broke, don't fix it. That, yeah, that's the same. Listen, you got you got to mm-hmm. ride what you got, man. You ride what got you where you're getting or going. You know, um, I just you know this. Listen, the reason why we're winning is we're getting the best of basketball offensively and defensively from the, uh, our our players. Meaning, you know, like I said, this is why the the the, the uh, McBride and the uh, Grimes. Uh, in the rotation works because they both compete on defense that Cam Reddish and Evan Fournier do not possession by possession. If you look at the advanced analytics on them defensively, they're poor. Even though Cam Reddish, he could be a, a, a okay defender, but his will is not there. Offensively, they could light it up, but especially with um, – uh, Cam Reddish, like you know, like we talk about it, it's like every 15th game when he, like you get something from him. Like like you get open at night versus Memphis, he lights it up, and Nick fans go crazy and say this is Cam and we told you so. But you don't hear from Nick fans for the rest of the season it seems because <laughs> Cam doesn't show up. No, you're right. You know how you, you watched him at he didn't. You know, he was injured a lot when he was with the Hawks. Even before that, he was the third man on Duke behind Zion and RJ. He just doesn't have that motor, man. Like I, and honestly, like we're not at. I'm not at practice, and maybe I, you know, I don't know if there's any inside video to every Knicks practice to see exactly what they're watching. But Ken doesn't do that. And then number two, let me. Go, I'm gonna go back to you. The Fournier, he plays no defense, and and that's the problem yeah. I have with Fournier. And just that uh, he can knock down the shot, but he's not the competitor Grimes is on defense. Grimes makes you work. He fights through picks. He fights over the top on picks. Fournier gives up. He gives up too easily. And then when he gives up too easily, this is what our issues were when we were losing. We were win game, lose two. Win one, lose two. Because Fournier will not compete over that pick. And when it comes to pick and, pick and pop or pick and roll situations and what Knicks get killed in, remember, and this is what we were saying earlier early in the, in the season on, on the show, F, the, the, the opponent threes were killing us because it was, a, it was a domino effect. Because then now whoever was on a, a particular defender has to get off his man to chase the ball. And then it's just so – in, you know, in the NBA, they do a good job with passing that rock around the perimeter to the, to the right open – uh, perimeter shooter, and it all starts with Fournier, guys like that who can't stay on their man as much. This is why the Knicks has been winning. Look at the uh, the stats. Opposing field goal percentage is tops in the league. This is where we were two years ago when we had the nine the nine game win streak. It's a, you know, Absolutely. that's when we had Bullock and Peyton, and you know what I'm saying. Like we're play, we actually have the same formula as two years ago. Now we have a prime point guard who get his own shot. Where Randall could defer to him late in the games, and, and I think there's going to be a lot more winning to come. I, I believe that. No, I absolutely agree with you, and, and, and trust me, I'm not like an Evan Fournier, um, like uh, you know, somebody who's pro Evan Fournier. I, I'm looking at it, you know, in terms of logic. You need a bucket. You can always trust Fournier, to, you, you know, to, you know to, to be at least a spot up shooter every now and then. He's good for at least two threes in a night, give or take. Reddish. Just because of his, you know, his his lengthy athleticism, he probably would have matched well against, you know, a, a Siakam or you know, or a Thad Young uh, or you know, or, or that. Nah. 
Probably, uh, you know, he'll, he'll probably still get cooked. Don't get me, don't, don't get it, don't get it twisted. Yeah, I think he'll still get cooked. But, but, but the, but the fact is, is that you can use another six files. You can, you, you can at least cre- create a different look each time because, because of the fact you played your starting five so many minutes, it, it, it basically became, you know, a, you know, one on one on almost every single occasion. And, and if you really think about it, that was the, the, the offensive scheme that you saw from the Raptors all night. They didn't really play a lot of, you know, team basketball. I mean, yeah, they passed the rock around and the end of it, they had some assists. But mainly they were doing a lot of one-on-one, especially with Siakam. I mean, given that you know, that's how he scored his, you know, his 50 points, but at the same time, <clears throat> Van Fleet was doing a lot of one-on-one. You saw Anobi doing a lot of one-on-one. You saw Thad Young, you know, very rarely, but, a, but on the occasion, you know, spot up in the corner, they hit the, you know, they hit the corner three. And, you know, it, it just went on, it went out throughout the night. The Knicks, you know, tonight they were flat. And I and I felt like you know that that minute distribution had something to do with it. Now, obviously, we're not Tom Thibodeau. I'm definitely not Tom Thibodeau. I don't have his, I don't have his you know his cachet nor his experience nor any of that stuff. So I'm not going to question him too much. You know, obviously, it's just one loss in the in the last two weeks. So I'm not going to be you know sitting here crying to death about it. But. When you look at the situation and you and you look at this game and say, you know what, we could have had this one. You know, mm-hmm. I'm okay. I, I'm okay with losing games as long as we're fighting. And tonight the Knicks fought, so I'm not I'm, I'm not completely butthurt about it. But I am a little a little peeved with the, with the idea that you played your starting five almost 35, 40 minutes, especially after you know you played a game last night. <laughs> And you knew that you were getting out hustled in your own gym, so you know at least some kind of adjustment should have been made um, somewhere down the line. I mean, given the players reacted accordingly and they were able to take back the lead, but when you start to lose the lead and you start to see the same matches be you know keep on occurring over and over again, that's where that's you know that you know that very you know classy you know natural line substitution might actually be be helpful. But that's neither here nor there. We have to move on to the next game anyway. Well, let me ask you this because I mean, there's a there's a there's a point in there where you're saying that okay, if the Knicks would have went with the Fournier because of minutes, so maybe there's there's something with you know it's not popular to say because let me frame it like this: I don't think Fournier getting him minutes wins us the game tonight. Like, any of it, like, no. I mean, I'm, and I could be wrong, of course. I'm just saying from the point, standpoint of knowing what we've seen earlier this season, you know what I'm saying? Like, knowing what we know, like, I don't, I'm not convinced that whether him or Obi Toppin that would have came into this game, all of a sudden the Knicks, like, the, whatever the, the percentage of chance of winning, it goes up with them. I don't, I just don't believe that. However, I will say this, where this, it actually is one of those situations, okay, if, off of a back-to-back, had he played, maybe even eat up some of the minutes for somebody in the starting lineup, like let's say a Barrett or whatever, Randall if they go small or whatever. It is, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a far-fetched conclusion nonetheless, Ab. It is possible to say, okay, it's a bad case, but in the, in the sense of, okay, it's the Raptors. That's the division game. You, I think the Knicks wanted to win the division game. But however, if you're saying let's eat up minutes using Fournier, and we'll take an L 
or you know, I mean, I don't think they were looking things like that. But let's say if in the event they did that and they took an L, okay, now you're looking at Chicago two nights later. Two nights after that, you're looking at the Sixers. Two nights after that, you're looking at Dallas. Two nights after that, you're looking at the Spurs. Two nights after that, you're looking at Houston. Meaning, what I'm saying is, okay, if you the case you're making about overplaying the players, you're right. And that, it is what it is. You're right about that. So if you want to put on another streak or win more games in the next, by the time the end of New Year's, maybe you take the gamble with oh, Cam Radish or, or, or Evan Fournier coming off the bench to preserve your starters going the rest of the year and try to rally maybe what? Four out of five, five out of six between here and New Year's. I mean, I, that's not a bad strategy. It's almost like you're looking at a baseball. You know, when the pitch, you know, you know when you uh, pitch the pitcher every third, I mean, fourth or fifth uh, game instead of coming back for yep. three games. You know, you know. I mean, I mean, I can understand that. I mean, if you want to look at it like maximizing your chances of beating Chicago, Philadelphia, Chicago, who that's- did beat Miami the other night. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a good point. Philadelphia's winning. I uh, got a nice win streak. Um, you you probably could sweep. You could probably sweep that Texas trip if you get off to a, a good start versus the Mavericks. But so, I mean, I can understand that why you, you, you could say that. If you're looking at the short long haul, meaning the next week, coming off the back of the back with Golden State and the Raptors. But not only that, but, 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 but I mean, let's, let's be realistic also with the fact that, you know, the trading deadline is coming up, you, you, you know, you know, it's trading season, and you know you're hearing all the you know all of Knicks Nation you know up in a roar about trading for this guy, trading for that guy. We should have done this, we should have done that, and you know, and today you know we just found out the Knicks got um, got penalized the second round pick uh, for, for for tampering, and so I'm looking at it as like, all right, if you at least feature some of these guys, you know, if you're looking to trade them eventually, because. I'm pretty sure there are plenty of teams out there that are going to be looking for a shooter. They're going to be looking for, you know, an athletic big, you know, athletic of swingman like Cam Reddish, or they're going to look at a guy like Obi Toppin. And I mean, if, if you listen to enough sports talk, you know, here in New York City, you, you hear it. I don't. The Knicks. I don't. Have a, <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> I mean, that's all. Okay, but, I don't. Clowns. Right. But occasionally. Occasionally, occasionally, you know, you know, the average person, the average person who's listening to us, you know, probably listens to, you know, to, to, to some of the other guys out there, and they're hearing it. The Knicks have a have all these draft picks. The Knicks have a, a plethora of young players. They have a logjam of young of, of young young players, and they're going to be needing to make a move to, you know, to ascend into the next step, you know, to the next the higher echelon of the Eastern Conference because that first of all. Uh, you know, this, despite what you know, some other analysts on, uh, on the Turner Network uh, would have you say, the eight-game win streak was no fluke, and it's not a big whoop either. It, it's a very big deal, especially especially when you have the hottest winning streak in the NBA. You know, for the time that we've had it, and secondly, considering the, the you know the, the class of opponents that we're having and, and, the, and the kinds of games that we're that we're winning. You know, because we're because we're winning blowouts and we're winning we're winning close matchups and we're and we're doing it with defense and we're doing it the old-fashioned way. So any you know Hall of Famer out there, who, you, you know, well I'm not going to re- mention their name, but we all know who we're talking about. Who, who, who thinks that the Knicks win streak was a big whoop? Um, th- that's why you're irrelevant now, because 
all you do is continuously try to, you know, to demoralize whatever, whatever little accomplishments the Knicks do have. They talk so nice about them when they're bad, but when they're actually doing good, not a, you know, no love, absolutely no love. So you know what? If you want to throw shade, that's, that's fine. But there's a reason why the nationally televised games that we like to watch are on, on the mouse and not on the Turner. But anyway, um, what was I saying? I'm sorry. You said something about uh, about the average, you know, the average uh, uh, fan. I guess listens to sports talk radio. I mean, I don't because I mean, wasn't a lot of these guys, these pundits, were talking about all the, the Knicks going to get Donovan Mitchell, or sh- should get Donovan Mitchell, and all this, or how that worked? I mean, I mean, they push the narrative out. That's not even true. It's just rumors. It's just fake. It's just not real. So. You're, you're absolutely I mean, right, and we're talking about. What's, but I'm talking about. Uh-huh. But I but, but I'm talking about two specific, you know, NBA so-called analysts that you know that are on the Turner Network that you, you know that you, you know that they just want to downplay the you know the, the you know the eight-game win streak. And I mean, I, I mean, I just want to. I, I mean, I just also want to say, um, the way. The, 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 the coverage that we got last night on the nationally televised game on, on, on TNT, that, I mean, could they have been more disrespectful to the Knicks as a team and, and to the fan base by just talking constantly about the Warriors and their young core and, and you know, the fact that Steph Curry is back in the building where he broke the three-point record, you know, so many years ago and had his big performance and this, that, and the third. I'm like, I mean – I get it. You know, I'm, I, I'm perfectly fine with being the underdog at this point. I mean, we've been that way for quite some time. But could we have gotten at least a little bit of love, you know, considering that, you know, this was a nationally televised game. You were at Madison Square Garden. You were playing, you know, the defending world champions who were undermanned and most of the key components were on the bench in three clothes. And yet we were going to talk about how great their young core and this, that, and the third and, just how much disrespect that you know, you know that the average Nick fan probably had to endure last night. You know, listening to that telecast. Um, to be quite honest with you, I did not listen to the telecast. I did see it. Like you know, I could watch basketball and not listen to the broadcasters at all. Um, my duties, you already know, Av. Um, I had the Knicks on. I could see the game. I didn't hear it because I actually was more in tune with the Rangers uh, Penguins game last night. Obviously, with the the Ring Podcast with Razor Proud, uh, quick play, right? right? <laughs> so I was watching mostly the hockey game last night. Although I did, you know, kept the peripheral eye watching the Knicks. You know, I could watch and see what happened. I don't need the and then personally. I don't need to hear the game to understand what was happening in the court. I mean, the Knicks were doing their thing. You know, they were playing excellent basketball. But uh, I mean, I mean, I'm not surprised if that was said. I believe, you, I believe you that they said it. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just part of their contract. I mean, they're part of their their salary is to talk smack about the Knicks. That's just the thing. It's that's just that's just the way it is in the NBA with those pundits on on TN, on TNT. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> you know, that's just the way. It, that's how it's going to be, man. I mean, those two. If it, if it's the two players, I. Oh, former players, or the two Hall of Fame players that we're talking about. Because if it's the two I'm thinking about, that they've always had a a strong dislike for the Knicks when they were playing. I mean, so I mean, if they, if it's the two I'm thinking about, I'm not saying one, saying no names, but 
Um, I mean, that's just the I think all, is, um, huh? I, I I think it's I think it's safe to say that one rhymes with hack and the other one rhymes with barrels. <laughs> right, 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 right. Exactly. So I mean, Dave, as you know, like even going back to his days in Philadelphia, he hated the Knicks. Remember the, the playoff game back in the early nineties with the didn't with Shaq. He did when when shit, I'll say his name, Shaq. He uh, when even his young days versus Patrick Ewing, he always hated the Knicks, man. I mean, I don't know. It's just that's just the way that network is, and I, yeah, and I think that's just how it's promoted too. Honestly, uh, maybe it is some of his little WWE ish. Maybe it's a little cap with their hate. Maybe it's just scripted. Maybe. Maybe, who knows? It, it could be a little bit of all that. Um, I mean, uh, it, I mean, it, it I'm pretty be. sure if Reggie, did, the game, if Reggie did, did Reggie call the game because Reggie's a bona, you know, bona fide villain. Uh, for his days with the Pacers, I mean, he has he, he has every reason. He, I mean, he he's always going going at it with Knicks fans. So he, he, he actually he, he you know what's funny is that Reggie lately is he says the most nice things about the Knicks and and the team and the organization and the fans than than the other two and and, and so it's kind of I mean I get it you know one's a One's a color commentator. The other one, the others are, are just death jockeys. So, I mean, I get it, but it, it is what it is. But, um, you know, let's look ahead. Look, I mean, looking ahead, like you said, um, we got Chicago. You know, we've already, we, we beat them twice in the, in, on their home floor, but they're coming in, you know, with a victory over Miami, as you, state, as you stated. And, you know, what do we look for? What, you, you know, you, you um, think the Knicks can bounce back. Or yes. do, you, do you think that Chicago? You think Chicago is is going to be you know looking for some payback? I, I would give the Knicks a seventy-five to eighty percent chance of winning. I think you give them a night off and a rest, maybe a light practice uh, tomorrow. Um, I mean, are we looking at a situation where the Bulls look at the Knicks? Do they have that kind of vengeance that they came? Uh, the Knicks went to Chicago like a week ago and beat them back-to-back games on the road. It's almost like a baseball series, and especially in that second game, they kind of embarrassed them in the second half. Uh, are we looking yeah. at a situation where the Bulls want revenge? I don't know if they have that tenacity against the Knicks like that. It's not like those old Nick Bulls series back in the 90s, you know, with, with, with Ewing and Jordan and all those cats, Pippen, you know, Oakley. I don't think it's that kind of hate. Or, you know, it, it used to be a New York versus Chicago thing where it's just kind of like, eh, you know, it's just – the Bulls and the Knicks is not the same or so I not I'm not exactly sure how Chicago's mentality is is, is since that, that those two games. Um, now well, I'll uh, say this: we could see another, and I mentioned this with you know, like with Pascal Siakam, you know that big night. See Zach Levine or DeRozan has that in them to come in and drop fifty. Uh, I would be worried. For, I would be worried about that. Because I don't think there's nothing the Knicks can do, honestly, when either of those two guys are on. That they have it. Those dudes have it in them more than. Man, that's crazy. You know what? Let me ask you this: Who who yeah. is more capable of having it in them? Is it the is it Siakam? Is it Levine? Is it DeRozan? Like, how would you rank it? I mean, I mean, it's close for all three of those cats. If you had to rank them, if you ask me, I I, I would I would consider that. No, no, they're different skill set. That's what I'm saying. Like all three, they, they are different skill set. But I think that um, Levine is, is is the more capable scorer. Um, you know, he's the more consistent scorer. Um, and, and considering that you know, the, you know, he's the bigger name of the, of, of the bunch, I think that he would be you know more likely to have a big night. 
um, DeRozan um, because I because we've seen him do it, you know, time and time again. You, you know, um, I, I think that you know that he's there, but you know, the Bulls are still without ball. They're, you know, they're they're going in hobbling. You know, they have no ball, no Jones. Um, now Drogic is out. Um, Caruso is now day to day. Um, and you know, so they're going to be coming in Holland, even though they just beat Miami. Um, but I, I mean, I, if I were them, I I would definitely be. I mean, if it's a, if it's a personal pride thing, they would be more likely to come into the Garden, you know, a little bit more motivated to get this game started. You know, now that they played the Knicks twice on their home court, they got embarrassed the second game, and you know, the Knicks are now you, you know. You know they're showing some vulnerability. So you know, I I mean I don't think that it's going to be a walk a cakewalk by any means. I do think the Knicks will still win this game, but Chicago, considering that you know, considering you know you know the, the backlash they got from you know from from the two losses, plus you know all the the problems that have been unraveling. If, if, if you've been listening to, you know, you know to the networks or or anything like that. I mean there's. I mean, Levine's already calling out, uh, calling out of his teammates, and you know, and, and vice versa. So, who knows how that that, that whole situation be? And um, so, it, it, there should be some fireworks in the Garden on Friday night. So, it should be interesting. I, I hope the Knicks will bounce back pr- pr- pretty well. Maybe seeing the Bulls, you know, will motivate them back, in, you know, to get back into shape and, and, and go back to playing Knicks basketball like they know how to do. Yeah. This is an interesting game because I think the Bulls. I mean, they played close games. They've they've been on the 500, but they could go on the road and give teams, uh, playoff teams in the East, uh, uh, their their share because they had the talent to do it. You know, I know they're short a couple of men, but we just seen them uh, a week ago. And to me, when we talked about it last week, I thought they looked kind of flat. I mean, I'm talking about the um, they looked kind of flat in, in, in spurts. The Bulls and the, the Knicks took advantage, and that's. The Knicks needed to do what they needed to do, and that's that's fine with us. I just think uh, without Grimes tonight, I just wanted to see how it would have been with Grimes because they were playing with such a flow, and that unfortunate uh, injury later in the game versus Golden State is why, uh, you know, I you know that's just the nature of sports, you know, you know guys do get hurt and next man up, but that that has nothing to do with um, how they executed. They, they executed poorly. Uh, versus the Raptors tonight, um, you know, the turnovers, the good block shot by Ananobi. Uh, it was you know Van Vliet hit a big shot on the, on the wing. I mean that he he's been capable of doing that. Um, right. You know I I just think uh, it just you know the Toronto's not as bad as the team as the record is I believe and I think they just had a bad spurt. It's just this division is so fucking competitive, man. And it's hard to really rank that who's two, three, and four, or five in this division. I always thought Boston was probably this year the better team over everybody else record-wise if they got through a regular season. Uh, Brooklyn was a big, a huge question mark because we all know what happened with, uh, uh, you know, with, with Ben Simmons coming back, what was going to happen, and Kyrie, this, you know, what would happen with him because the, the league will find something to suspend, suspend him for. Uh, and, I mean, goddamn! I mean, they didn't they just put like 91, 90, 91 points in the first half? You know they could score the rock. And Philadelphia is this—I mean, they have the talent too. They have the best center in the division. Um, and they things go through him. But uh, 
Yeah, man. I just I I'm, I'm proud of this team as far as the win streak. Just don't you know just just continue to compete. Let me ask you this. Or uh, let me yeah let me ask you this. Big Bride looks more confident. Like you know what do you think um, the minutes help? You know because when you're out there, do you think just experience is going to naturally come because he's been doing it in the G League last year, some of this year. What do you what do you what are your thoughts on McBride uh, in in this rotation this far? I think that Deuce getting getting the minutes and getting the trust from Tom Thibodeau is is doing nothing but but helping him. And the fact that it re, it kind of recognizes all the hard work that Deuce has been putting into you know since he since he came to the Knicks. Um, the fact that you know he's you know he's out there with quickly with Brunson, you know there are times you know you know the, the very few times he's out there with Rose, he's actually learning and he's and he's picking his spots and he's showing his tenacity. He's showing how ferocious of a of a bull that he can be, uh, and how much of a pest he can be, despite you know his short stature because he's only what six foot six foot one or something like that, maybe even shorter than that. Uh, and but the fact that he's getting the minutes. And he's getting looks, and he and and his teammates are giving him that confidence to you know to shoot the rock when you know, would need to. Um, it's only going to help his development go further. So I'm loving the fact that he you know that he is getting you know the much due time that you know to develop his game to get you know to get that experience to get that you know to get into that flow. And you know you see, I mean you, you see this team gelling together. You know much differently now when you see him on the court because, you know, you don't really lose too much of a step. I mean, yeah, you can't replace Jalen Brunson and, and, and everything that he does, but you don't lose you don't lose that energy. You don't lose that effort when you when you pull Brunson out and you pull Big Bright in. And that's the and that's something that you you know that you can't teach that. You can't it's not something you develop over time. It's like you have to be born with it. And it, it, and you know, we're very I'm very thankful that we have him um, and, you know, and he has that kind of a motor in him. Um, you know, it's it's the same thing that, I, you know, I feel with Quickly. You know, Quickly's also one of those guys that, you know, now he's getting he's getting a, a much more um, responsibility. Um, he doesn't have to be just a point guard, even though that's not his natural position, but he can, he can now shell the rock every now and then and, and be a playmaker every now and then. So, I mean, big us for those two guys. I mean, you know, sky's the limit. You know, they're going to be assets, you know, going forward. And, you know, I'm pretty sure that you're going to be hearing those names be mentioned in trade rooms sooner than later. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a good kid. I think he plays well. You know, I think he's found a little bit more confidence in the shot. I, I, there was a couple of shots he took tonight. Like, it, he looked very confident, and his form was very – uh, very, you know, definitely better because sometimes he has that jerk in his in, in his follow through. I didn't, he didn't have that in a couple of his shots tonight, and he shot it with confidence, especially they were going from left to right on the screen. Uh, I, you know, I, I think uh, more the more you see it, I think he could get that average up just a little bit, and he's going to have to knock down a couple of shots here and there because they're daring him to shoot, and I think teams know it. They, everybody knows the statistics on everybody on. Um, where their hot spots are and whatnot, where, where they shoot from the uh, from the floor. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, I, I like his. Con- he's every. It seems like every game he's building with confidence, and like you know, you could tell he's always deferring, obviously, to let's say Randall or or quickly or whatever. 
uh, offensively, but there's been times that I think he's taken charge to uh, shoot a little bit more for sure, man. I, I really do like that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just one of those times in the NBA, you know, I mean, every team has a, I would call this a, I would even call this a bad loss. This is just a, you know, it, they, they let this one get away. Uh, that's, I think that's the best way you can put it. Yeah, it's, a bad loss is like uh, Oklahoma City giving up 145. That's a that's a bad loss. Like this tonight, that, that, uh, Toronto's better. Yeah, yeah, uh, Toronto's better than. Now you said, oh, hold on, one more, let me say one more thing. You said something about you know the trades and you know, yeah, you were really pissed last year about this shit, and I rightfully so mm-hmm. as far as the Knicks needed to make a move. Leon freaking Rose do something. It was like a hashtag. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. I, I look at it, okay, you push, if, you know, I, I don't want to play the trade game, but we might as well do it for sake of exercise, right? If, you, if you're if you going to improve the roster, who, who who you want to get a shooter? What about a guy like Bogdanovic from Detroit? Or you bring back Alec Burks from Detroit? Uh, you know, sit Fournier there, you know, we've done some trade deals with them. Or, or who do you have in mind? Because I think uh, I, I, one of those two guys will work for me because they're kind of same but similar, and they have a little bit more defensive mojo than Fournier. And Fournier could just write out the contract; they could write it off like they did Kemba Walker or or, or whoever. Last couple of guys we traded there. But what are your thoughts? Oh, who, if you have another player in mind too. Uh, well, you know, ever since that Dom. You know, brought out the Levine talk. That's been who I've been focusing on. Um, even though I know that you know that other teams are going to be interested, and you know it'll just be a matter of time. So you know, there's going to be a trade list, and there's going to be a preference, and there's going to be all kinds of you know mojo talk. So you know, I've been looking at him. Um, also, um, I'm. I don't know what it is about me that you know, that just refuses to to give up hope. I, I'm still hoping for Towns. I, I don't know why. I still am. Um, and you know, aside from that, you know, it's it, it, it's it's pretty much a you know a, 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 a you know an open slate because you know the names that are going to be mentioned in you know on the Knicks side. They're going to be mentioning Obi Toppin. They're going to be mentioning those draft picks. Um, you're going to look at veteran teams. They're going to be looking for Evan Fournier. They're going to be looking at Cam Reddish. They're going to be looking at guys like like a Deuce McBride. You know, although I don't think that most teams are going to be into McBride considering his height and you know, you know his lack of development. You know, up to this point. But you know, this should be an interesting trade season because the Knicks do have assets. The Knicks. You have holes. I mean, I, I would love to see them, you know, get another score, um, uh, you know, somebody who can defend as well. Um, but, you know, somebody who, you know, somebody who can be that, you know, that third or fourth option or can even anchor that, that bench to being that score and option when, when you don't have Randall or Barrett or, or Brunson, because it's just a matter of time. I just, I just foresee it happening. It's just a matter of time till one of those guys break down because of all these minutes that they're playing. Um, and, and I mean, the, the season's still very young. You know, that's the one thing that, you know, that, that I think people forget to mention. It's like, it, we're, you know, we're still only like 30, 40, you know, under 40 games still. And 
you know, we still got a lot of basketball to play. We still got, you know, a lot of road trips to come up. And, and you know, we're, we're going to be in the, in the thick of conversation in terms of the division, which is kind of like the NFC East of, of the NBA, if you really think about it, um, where every team is somewhat good and every team is, you know, you know is vying to get into the playoffs. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I did hear Anubi's name, you, you know, I'm getting mentioned a lot. I, I've heard Levine. I've heard, um, some, you know, some other guys. I'm not going to be one of those to say, all right, we have to go get that guy. But I would like to see the Knicks make them make some, make a, um, an improvement, you know, and some kind of a a statement stating that you know we're in it to win it. Okay, I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely. I, uh, I, I, I mean, of course, like Dom said, uh, we haven't got fleeced yet, so we got to be careful with. <laughs> we got to be careful with. Uh, you know, if we if there was a trade on the table, it, we it has to benefit us. We can't just uh, make a trade just to make a trade. But I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I definitely understand exactly what you're saying. Uh, as far as and I, I think they will. I, I'm just trying to think of names that make sense. Uh, a three that could close out. Meeting. That's why I say you know they went the, the Burks shit when they let him go. You know I, I still don't understand that honestly. Quite. Uh, but bringing somebody like that as a veteran that, you know, has some big scoring uh, moments, who can play a little bit of defense and handle the rock, as we definitely all know, I wouldn't mind that back. Um, I thought he would have been on there anyway. It just, uh, uh, as, as you know, we just had those unfortunate circumstances last season. I don't know. I mean, if any thoughts as we wrap up, uh, feel free. Uh, and then uh, I'll follow your lead. Uh, well, uh, I, I guess my thoughts is, is, is you know, it's a tough. It's not a tough loss, but it's a, it, it's a tough break for the next for next fans to see the, the winning streak go, you know, go up in smoke tonight. Um, you know, on to the next one. That's all I that's all I can say. Is on to the next one. On to Chicago, and you know, the, the, and Philadelphia, and, and, and just close out the month, you know, strong. I, I mean, there's enough games, in, you know, in this in the, in the reigning of, of December. You know, for them, for the Knicks to start stacking up some wins, and you know, and, and really head into 2023 on a good note. Um, I hope that, um, you know, I, I really hope that Thibodeau kind of, you know, eases up on the minutes, in, you know, distribution. But I understand, you know, he, you know, his mentality. He's in it to win it. He, he's in it to win it every single game, no matter what the score is. So, you know. Just hope that it works out, in, you know, in the long run, you know, and keeping these guys healthy. And, you know, I don't know how much longer, uh, you know, you know, Grimes is going to be out. I don't know how much longer Obi Toppin is going to be out. But I almost don't I almost don't miss Obi, to be honest with you. Um, but it would be interesting <laughs> to see, you know, what happens when he, when he does come back and, you know, and how he figures in into the rotation. You know, does he still crack the, you know, the, the nine man or, you know, does he – have to you know fight to get you know to get back. I mean it, it, that remains to be seen. Um, all I can say is, is um, you know New York is you know it's a crazy sports town. A lot of things are happening. Um, you know we introduced our 16th captain Aaron Judge. Congratulations to him and you know his you know crazy new contract. Um, and you know the Mets. Wow, they get, they land Correa uh, and you know commit that much money to, you know, to, 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 to their next season. It's crazy. Um, 
you know, but let's let's just see, man, because you know both New York teams in football are, are hot. Both New York teams in you know in, in hockey are hot. Um, both New York teams in, in in basketball are hot. I mean, it's just getting better and better. So you know, stand up, New Yorkers, you should be proud. Um, you know, New York is on the way up, and you know, if you don't agree with me, then you don't know what sports is. I'm sorry. Um, Nickelbacker Ave on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. As always, if you don't agree with me, find me. I have no problem Hold debating. Hold on. Oh, no, no, you can close it out. Let me, I, I'll, I'll save my piece, and you can close this out, man. It's cool. No, actually, let me right. go first. I, I got, I'm glad you brought that up because I, you know, I had a back and forth earlier with a Nick fan this week about that. Like, Obi Toppins. Three-point shooting does not translate us into wins. So I'm not understanding why no. some Knicks fans. And here's the thing about that. Obi currently is shooting 35% from three this year. But the, if you really look at it closely, the league average is 35%. So he's average, an average three-point shooter. But if you really look at Nick games like Nick Abaka Ab and Steve looks at Nick's games, he has a lot of wide-open threes. And if you're going, you if if you got as much space wide open as Obi Toppin shooting threes, you got to be over forty percent, man. Way over forty percent, uh, if you ask me. And that's how can anyone ask, disagree with that? Uh, no one can well, disagree you know. with that. No one can disagree with that. You can't disagree with that because because that's absolutely true. If if you're getting wide open threes, you should be shooting over thirty seven to thirty nine percent from you know from downtown. And and you know this is why I said I stated earlier. I don't really miss Obi Toppin because look at what this team has been able to do without him. So now he's become expendable. So now you can actually include him in trade talks. And I understand why Knicks fans are so stuck on him. Homegrown talent, you, you know, you know he, he, he's from the area, New York Nick. Fans, Nick fans, you, you know, they get so homer, with, you, you, know, with, with, you know, with draft picks and young kids and stuff like that. It's like, oh, he should be a Nick for life. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm sorry. But, you know, Steve, myself, Dom, you know, every stakeholder, I think we can all agree in unison to say it's always been the name on the front, not the name on the back. And, and you know, if that means that Obi Toppin has to go in order for the Knicks to, you know, to, to, to achieve the next level, then that so be it. You know, I'm not attached to any player, but, you know, if if, if the next if the next trade rumor is that is Obi Toppin has to go, bye. You know, if the trade is for somebody good, bye. That doesn't make right, you less right. of a Knicks fan. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's got. I mean, he could definitely has more to his game if he could. I thought he would have been more Stoudemire when he came into the league from Dayton, but currently it has not translated into that. Uh, like a you know spin move, mid range game, a thorough mid range game, just not there or haven't seen it. It's just it's, it's really irritating that he's a good guy, nice guy, very you know likable dude. But when he's on the court, he's inefficient as shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's always in the corner chucking up moon balls. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's times he, he'll, he'll get active on the glass and get a defensive rebound, start the fast break. And you, we all know about the, uh, the the video game dunks that he does. But night in and night out, not even night in and night out, possession by possession, teams know they're daring him to shoot. There's only two games I can think of off the top of my head, Av, where Obi Toppin – 
threes kind of like, let's say, okay, we'll give them, okay, it led us to Knicks wins. And that was the game in Philly, and it was the game we went to out west to Utah. Outside of that, there was not anything I can remember. Like, wow, OB3, OB3s threes led us to these Knicks wins, and we know they haven't led to any wins in this streak. So, you know, we don't What's need those. What's funny, though? Uh-huh. But you see, what's funny about that, though, is that what will the average Knicks fan say? They will say, well, what about, you know, the end of last season when he was shooting the lights out of the ball? Oh, I, want, I, want, I, want people to re- I want people to understand. <laughs> I, want, I want people to understand something. Obi Toppin was, shooting, was still shooting about, about the league average, about 33 to 35% from three. He, like he, he wasn't shooting over you know over forty or sixty. I mean, he was shooting maybe seventy percent from the field, but from from beyond the arc, he was still above average, and he was still missing a lot of wide open shots. So, mm-hmm. I mean, so I, I would hope that most Knicks fans would understand that you know, first of all, it's a you know we're trying to get the Knicks to win a championship, not just one player. You know, so so at the end of the day, if it comes down to you know, you know this player versus that player, I'm always going to go with the best player. And right now, Obi Toppin, I love the kid. I you know I have one of his jerseys. You know, but but at the same time, if it means that if he's if he's the key to getting an All Star player or getting you know somebody that will efficiently you know you know, transition this team into the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference and maybe even the NBA, that he's expendable. A lot of guys are expendable on this team, and that's okay. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I, I got to look up that stat of contested threes versus, un, you know, uncontested threes by each player, not just our team, but just the rest of the league, and I'll get back to you with those type of uh, uh, stat. I'll, I'll close, uh, my final thoughts, and then after that you can close out. Final thoughts, man. Yeah, listen, man, we'll, we'll start on another streak. Uh, it's not going to be easy. I think uh, the Knicks probably got a lot of hype. You know, I don't really follow the the, the, the sports news like that. But I'm pretty sure when you usually think like this happen, the Knicks do get a lot of press because they are uh, a team in the in the big city. And, and a lot of the teams that come in, especially to Madison Square Garden, are going to want to gun for that. And especially a team like the, the Raptors that we're reeling. Uh, we got a uh, last show uh, tomorrow versus the Vikings. Uh, you can check out Nickelbacker Avenue Fan Forum on his platforms, and of course, every last several weeks, months. Uh, that this is will be our last week of episodes uh, for the year. Uh, we'll have uh, we'll come back after the new year. After so tomorrow is the football, no post game. Uh, we had the Ray podcast. We had a loss versus the Penguins last night. You can check that out with uh, Ranger Proud, Scott Glenn, and myself. And uh, Blue Blue Show on on the other platforms, and this is Steven Zool on 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 Twitter, and chop it up, Sangria Sue, and Av close us out. This is your boy Nick McAv. Uh, thank you for listening to the Nick McAv Fan Forum. Well, um, I, I want to wish everybody a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you're celebrating. Happy, happy you know, Happy holidays to you all. Um, I hope everyone's safe. Um, uh, and, you know, keep on bleeding that orange and blue. Keep on bleeding blue on this platform, the forum for the fans, by the fans, and go straight to the fans because real fans are on it. Um, Steve already told you about the next, about the other shows. Um, you, you know, 
Shout out to Rachel Prowse. Shout out to the, you, you, you know, all the stakeholders on the, on the Beef Boots um, Roundtable going tomorrow. Nick and Bacchaz on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, I'll probably still do some lives after, you know, after Friday night game. I don't know. We'll see. I'll, 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 oh, I'll bug Steve if do I have that, to. Man. Yeah, yeah, do that. Man. Let's, uh, let's look into that. I mean, why not? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna bug him to, you know, because you know, for, for the next two weeks, we're not gonna have enough, you know, any content. And you know, yes, the, the archives are great, but we gotta do something. You know, Steve, I think it's about time we have to start redefining the fan again. And um, you know, okay, yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, absolutely right. Whenever you're ready, let's do this. Um, uh, until then, this is Nickelback Ass signing out. Bleed blue all day, every day. Sangre Azul. Bleed blue. Bleed blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.